Perfect. Hey, this is Jim Martin with Little Things First. Little Things First podcast. This is Tracy Van Deventer, and we are so excited to have another session. Today we get to talk to real frontline, in-the-school kind of people. We're going to be talking to principals. In fact, Jenna Feldman, who is at Selene High School, and her colleague Amber Seeley, who is at Cannonball Elementary, both uh, work really side-by-side in North Dakota, and they have done an amazing job and have been recognized by the uh, National Distinguished uh, Awards uh, panel selecting them wow. is really making some big changes. So, and they want to talk to us, and they want to talk to us, <laughs> and some interesting things, and they'll tell us more about it. But what I really like about having their voices is that they've got some unique characteristics. They're in a pretty rural area, pretty remote, and they're really working almost primarily with uh, Native American uh, students, and that might have some interesting uh, challenges as well. So, let's give them a call. Sounds good. Hello. Hi, is this Jenna? Yep, this is she. Okay, Jenna, are you with Amber? Yep, we're together. Yep, hello. Okay, excellent. So this is Tracy Van Deventer, and I've got my colleague here, Jim Martin. Hello. Hi, guys. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, can yes. you guys hear us? Yeah, it sounds like you're at Disneyland. Huh? We wish. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little cold. We are in a public spot, so sorry for the extra noise. No worries. We just wanted it to be fun, whatever it was. Okay, yeah. Thanks. Well, a nice <laughs> <We're> mid-afternoon <laughs> coffee I'm okay with. So Yeah, we're enjoying being together, so thank you. Very good. Hey, listen, we sent you some questions, but we wanted to just remind you that we're on a podcast, and we're talking about the little things that make a big difference. Before we jump into some of those questions, will you give us a little bit of information about yourself and your schools, uh, and maybe a little bit about your... Uh, becoming a National Distinguished School Award winner. Sure. I can, do you want me to start? <laughs> okay, so my name is Amber Sealy. I'm the principal at Cannonball Elementary in Cannonball, North Dakota. Yeah, and I'm Jenna Feldman, and I'm the high school principal. It's actually grades 7 through 12 in Solon, North Dakota. Uh, but our students uh, live in Cannonball, so we are the feeder school from Cannonball Elementary. And our school district is located on the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. So that's in Southern North Dakota. Um, our district has 208 students, um, give or take for preschool through 12th grade. Um, all of our students do qualify for free and reduced lunches. And we are about 99% Native American. So I have to confess that I graduated from high school in Brookings, South Dakota. Now, I know it's not oh. the same as North Dakota, but <laughs> but we are kind of close. Well, and it is kind of unique because the Standing Rock Indian Reservation does, like, they do have schools in South Dakota. So mm-hmm. when we collaborate reservation-wide that that does include South Dakota schools so Mm kind of unique yeah so tell us a little bit about your schools and tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing to really just have so much success okay so I guess you're probably referring to the like um 
ESEA Distinguished yes. Schools Award. Yes. So there were a couple of things that led to that. And one um, was really just the staff overall going the extra mile to, to meet student individual and unique needs. And we can probably get into some of those details maybe later on. And then the second um, really big portion is directly with directly related to some work at the high school with graduation rates so yeah at the high school we were recognized for the student achievement and that was like amber said just direct relation to our um, improved graduation rate and then especially for native americans it's kind of a, been a challenge throughout the state and so it was nice to be recognized for some of that growth well, it's definitely a challenge that we have here. I think it's a challenge everywhere, but I agree that some of the readings that I've uh, I've read do show that our Native you know, kids are not having the same level of success with graduation. So what were some of the things that you did focus on to try to help raise that graduation rate? Yes, yeah, so at the high school, um, I kind of had shared with you, we had started a school improvement grant, I believe it would have been about eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know how much this podcast focuses on the little things, but um, it did start with some big changes. Um, there was some changeover or turnover, pardon me, with our um, leadership. That's kind of how it started. And then we had to be monitored quite a bit and had some consultants come in. Um, and that's kind of where it started, but then the little things have kind of led to, I think, the big improvements. Uh, for us, improving graduation rates, I would say was a big part of it was we switched to tr a trimester schedule. So we were giving our students more opportunities to earn those credits that they needed. And then um, we'll really get into, I think, with some of the questions you sent us, like our big huge thing is just relationships completely and making our students want to feel welcome and enjoy coming to school. Now you're a pretty small group, so what you're thinking about, 208 <laughs> students, how many staff do you have? So, that would be combined, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, you would think we'd be able to give you a story. <laughs> probably about what 20, 25, like 25 to 30, like teaching staff. But when you include like support staff, sure. bus drivers, or cooks and custodians who they play a really big role in the success of our schools too. We're, we're right around 50 probably just uh -huh. wide. So and then when you're talking about the trimester schedule, what I was what I was curious about was how are you able to offer all the required courses that you're, you know you need to have? Are you doing a lot of tapping into distance learning or? Oh my gosh, um, this is like the the trimester talk. I love it and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> we know we know it's be what's best for the students, and that's why we kind of go through the grind. Um, and especially having such a low number of students graduating each year can make it even more challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, so the big things we do are basically we offer the required classes, um, you know, your English, the his history and like all those different things. And then with some of the, your upper level stuff, it's done on a rotational basis um, and not just trimester to trimester, but over a couple years, so we kind of rotate geometry with algebra two, mm -hmm. kind of things like that. But I, my staff, I, one thing 
because I taught in the school before I became the principal and I was always just like shocked how I would not know what I'm teaching like two weeks before the next trimester Mm. and so of course then I was able to be the person making the schedule and I'm like (laughs) oh my gosh I understand (laughs) now like last year for example I had um I think I had about 10 graduates. It wasn't quite 10, but um, like I had two students literally dictate the entire third trimester schedule so we could make sure they had the requirements that they needed to graduate. And thank good, just thank God I have some of the best staff there ever is and they understand like what we do is for our students. It's not about us as teachers. So we just need to figure it out and move forward and go from there. Great. Do you, um, is, is your staff pretty diverse or are they, you know, do they reflect the demographics of a majority of the nation, which is pretty white or, you know, I mean, just want to know a little bit about your staff demographic. Sure. So I think what you just touched on is something that like we would love to have more like Native American teaching staff in our schools. We're really, really lucky to have um, a handful, I would say, district-wide. We are kind of starting to grow our own. We have um, a young lady right now who's a paraprofessional at the elementary school, and we're supporting her and going back to get her teaching degree. um, She graduated from the Standing Rock Indian Reservation Schools. She um has been working in the cannonball schools and i you know i think to kind of get more interest and have some of those positive role models we're almost going to have to start to continue doing that and to grow our own because it's really important for our students to have a positive native american male or female role model you know that grew up in their communities um and then they're in turn teaching them at school um You know, so a handful is great, but I think, you know, we're always looking to increase that number. Sure. And um, you said that, um, I'm not sure which one of you, if it was Jenna or Amber, but you um, taught at the school before you became the principal? So, um, (laughs) I did, and we both did, actually. Oh, wow. Jenna, but we both we taught together for a couple of years and then she took over the elementary school job. And then a couple of years later, I took over at the high school. Is that, do you think that's a good model? I mean, should we be kind of uh, creating a pipeline within our systems where people are really devoted to the community there? Or do you think it poses problems that maybe are harder to overcome? Um. So I think for us, it's, it's been a positive thing. Um, I think our superintendent was always looking for someone to take over those roles that, you know, did the, the things that we needed. They were organized. They really had strong relationships with students and, and the community and someone who would be invested in our students and, and really try and, and move the district forward in a positive way. And I feel like it has worked out well for us. Um, Nice. Yeah, I have, to, I have to agree with Amber. I think um, the community is, they play a huge role in just kind of having those relationships with the community before moving into the administrative role has been extremely helpful. They tend to buy in and really like what the schools are doing. And so we feel blessed in that sense. I would say from, you know, a management 
standpoint, having to transition from being teacher to the new boss, you could say, yeah. I think that, that would be the most challenging thing. But right. I also think we're pretty lucky that our staff members at the end of the day understand that a lot of the things that, you know, me and Amber preach is what's best for students. And so at the end of the day, I, I strongly believe that it's, that we make it work because we have the same goals, which is just doing what's best for the kids. Nice. If you had advice for a principal or an educator who wanted to shift their school culture towards more academic success, what would you have them work on? Um, so, so Jenna had touched on that the high school had went through a, a federal school improvement grant and, and the elementary school did too. And um, one of the biggest things we needed to do at Cannonball, I think before we could even really tackle the academic success was we had to really improve our school culture and climate with like adults and students and really work on having a shared vision as a school like what what were our goals what were our needs what were our challenges what were our strengths and 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 moving forward together all on the same page because if you don't have those things in place you're just going to spin your wheels and spin your wheels and um, that academic success really has a tough time even being worked on or falling into place if you don't have a shared vision and have a positive culture and climate with a team of people who are, you know, we're all on the same path going to the same goal, you know? Yeah. What were some intentional things that you did to build that school culture? Um, we did a lot of things together as a staff. Um, like there was some some turnover in staff. Um, that's kind of like some big changes, but I don't need to get into any of that. But really working on positive relationships between each other and then really focusing on those positive relationships with students and, and having some staff norms for like how we do things. And then we started implementing um, leadership team meetings where teachers, we had teacher leaders who actually kind of run the meetings where uh, we talk about school-wide initiatives and teachers really have a voice in all of that. Um, so just like students, students are successful if you give them voice and choice in their classroom. I think our teaching staff is, is the same. We have to have voice and choice in, in what goes on in our schools um, because like a top-down method isn't very successful at all. So, so that, <clears throat> that would be a new thing then that you had it kind of implemented this leadership team run by teachers that did they continue to look at the goals that you had? Did they, did they help drive what might be next year's goals? Or how do you come up with what your focus is? Yep, so it's kind of an ongoing process, I think. Um, we meet twice a month at both schools. Sorry, the coffee is really loud right now. So. It sounds good, though. <laughs> and this year we actually started implementing those meetings on a district-wide level. So I hope you can hear me. <laughs> oh, we can. Okay. Though um, it does want me to have a cup of coffee. Some of those district-wide goals and initiatives, too, because... We have a lot of different supports that we could take advantage of and, and getting teachers input and voice and, and some of those things is really, really important. So 
it's it's an ongoing process, I would say. Tell me about how you've maybe involved your community and helping not only with the increase in the graduation rate, but also just some of the academic success. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and um, I'll take this question. Um, <laughs> you know, I know the uh, community engagement has kind of always been something that we've, I want to say has been one of our bigger challenges. Um, not saying that our community isn't directly involved, but um, a lot of the stuff that we had seen our community really present for was more athletic based. And so we've really been trying to focus on bringing in um, more parents just more regularly. So I would say um, the biggest thing is we've implemented positive parent contacts where, you know, we do expect our staff to reach out and tell their parents tell parents like, hey, your kid did this today and it was awesome. Or, you know, if you want to come and see them do this at school, come at this time, we'd love to see you. And so kind of making them feel welcome and uh, having them kind of earn some trust within the schools has been really, really important. There was so many, I remember one of my first years, I had called a parent and they're like, what did my kid do now? And I'm just like, no, they were so awesome. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, yes, they really were. I was so proud they were able to answer this math question and, you know, kind of just building confidence in them as parents. It's huge. Um, we had recently been talking that even like as a school, we're having to look at parent engagement just different uh, and kind of infusing more academics into it. So doing those parent engagement activities, like we just had a book bingo where before we might see um, bingo looking like a little bit different with like prize, like different prizes where now we're like trying to incorporate some like more reading skills into that. And um, we have some family engagement leaders this year, which has been great for our schools because yes. everyone wants, you know, to have these types of things, but not everyone always has the time to yeah. And put them together. Um, a lot of our staff members travel, or I should say commute to work at least 45 minutes just one way. And so, uh, you know, that's the extra estimated two hours a day that mm -hmm. is just dedicated just to driving. And so we mm -hmm. do feel it's important to compensate our staff for some of those extra things. And so I think um, just kind of really um, inviting our families into the school as much as possible has been a great thing. And then those positive little phone calls or letters or postcards sent home yes. have just, I think, done a great amount of positivity for our school from the community. That's so great. I was curious also then, you know, as the fact that you're working with primarily Native American students, and am I right? You're with working with Sioux Indian tribe? Yep, yep. Do you notice or feel that there's anything unique about working with, you know, that uh, group or, you know, student population? Do you feel that there are unique characteristics that you're trying to address to help them feel welcome? <clears throat> Excuse me. Help them feel welcome or to help them, you know, feel like belonging? You know, you're talking about postcards and book bingo and calls home and things, but I'm also curious if you've had to be sensitive or in some way you've had to adjust your work because of the students. Yeah, so and I think we had briefly touched on it, but like the number one thing is like a new staff member coming into the district or any staff member continuing to work in the district is like with our students, like 
you really have to earn their trust and, and build that relationship with them. Um, it, showing up every day and being there for them is, is huge. Um, and really taking interest in, in who they are and taking interest in what's important to them. Um, showing up to their basketball game or their volleyball game or um, going to their cultural event, um, watching them go dance at the powwow, like that really means a lot to our students. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about unique needs, I think it's their community that our students come from is, is unique. So they're, it's a rural community on a reservation that really has limited resources um and for example in the community of cannonball where most of our students do live um, there's a post office that's open like it's not open all day um there is a clinic and that's open um one day a week and then they have a nutrition center um but those are really the only and there's a red gym where they host events and, and can have activities. Um, but if they would need like groceries or gas, like their options would be to go to Bismarck, which is about it, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away or, or Fort Yates, which, which is like 20 minutes south. And so as a school, when you talk about unique needs of our students, um, we really find that we're having to try and bridge the gap with some of those services and supports that aren't like directly in their community. Um, so we have like a Ronald McDonald care dental bus that comes down multiple times a year to provide dental services. And um, we partner with Avera eCare out of Sioux Falls to provide um, a virtual school nurse. And we do that both at the high school and elementary school. Wow. And that's been really helpful when we have students with, um, you know, little things, but also students who are maybe diabetic or have mm -hmm. like allergy needs. It's really nice to have that support for students there. Mm -hmm. Um and then really, you know, trying to understand some of, you know, their culture. And, and that was challenging for me coming in um, just because I, I knew a little bit about their culture, but not a lot. And you really have to invest in that and be willing to learn to learn about who they are and where they came from. So, yeah, I love that. Really in, investing to getting to know them and who they are and what's important to them, building those relationships. Yeah. Do you have a lot of turnover in staff? I mean, it seems like um, traveling 45 minutes one way uh, would be quite a commitment that they would have to make. So I'm just wondering, you know, how do you how do you keep staff? And by the way, they should be listening to the Little Things First podcast while they're driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> question uh, we've been very lucky that we haven't had too much over and I think a big part of that has led to all the success that we've seen we've been able right. to create a working environment where staff members want to be and mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of a you know a direct reflection of kind of our I think administration and um, when I say that I'm talking about even our, my supervisor he's uh, done a great job kind Amazing. of uh, you know, 
appreciating staff members, making us feel valued, giving us a voice. Um, and then we're able to kind of do the same thing to our teachers. And so um, over the last, I would say, eh, five-ish years, we've maybe had five to six staff yeah. turnovers. Like it's, wow. it's very low. So we've been really lucky. We're pretty competitive um, when you look at, um, you know, the benefits and um, salary and things like that. So we're on a class system. If you're looking at the structures of schools, class A would be our bigger schools that are more in town, like Bismarck, Mandan, and then uh, class B, they're a little bit smaller, a little bit more rural. So um, when we're looking class B to class B, we're just extremely lucky that um, our superintendent has been able to make us very competitive. So um, teachers want to be where we are. We have lots of things to offer, a little bit more freedom probably in the classroom. Um, as long as we're, you know, focused on our power standards and the need to knows for our students, we kind of let them handle that um, with some of their own creativity, which I think a lot of our teachers love and appreciate that we trust them to do that. Um, so Can I guess you all in all, really lucky. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. It sounds like a wonderful place to be. Maybe I'll move there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I w was wondering, uh, can you talk a little bit more about your power standards and your need-to-knows? Sure. So it's kind of been an ongoing process. Um, lots of staff work time, to be honest with you. Um, so we have our North Dakota state standards, and there's a lot of them. And it's really impossible to teach them all and to teach them all well and for our kids to you know be proficient in every single standard and so one of our big initiatives working you know with our school improvement grants was okay what are the skills that are the need to know skills for our students to be successful and move on and what are those skills that are like maybe nice to know um and we don't need to be focusing on those so much because we found ourselves trying to teach everything and get to everything. And then our students obviously weren't very successful because they really never dove down deep enough into specific skills. And so our staff spent a lot of PD time in the summer. Um, so kind of a perk, we were able to set aside some funding for them to put in the time to do this important work and the teachers worked in teams um, like at the elementary they worked in like a primary and a secondary grade level teams and then they had support from our title staff to go through and and really dig down deep into those standards and decide like what are the most important things that we believe our kids need to know and we were able to look at models from other school districts in the area, but we also had to take into consideration like our students and our student population. And it's hard because I think, you know, that's a lot of pressure for um, teachers and a lot of pressure, I feel like, as administrators to say, here, choose what's important. But um, I think our staff have done a nice job of really, you know, narrowing down what are the important things that we're going to be focusing on. And I think that's made a really big difference. Nice. Here's our, here's our final question. <coughs> and we would love it if you could both take time to give us your insights. If you were able to travel in a time machine back to talk to your younger <laughs> self, who's just getting started in education, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, 
okay so we're both just gonna preface this like we're both pretty young still so i feel like we don't even need a time machine (laughs) (laughs) you can probably just be like currently (laughs) okay what would you tell yourself (laughs) yeah um so you know one of the things when i first started teaching and this is going to sound horrible. I didn't really pay attention to the value of the relationships that I needed to build right away when I started in, in Solon. And um, I quickly realized that that was going to have to be my number one priority. Um, I kind of had this naive sense of coming from where I was coming from in a, you know, my family was from a small rural town, but it was nothing like the setting that I was teaching in. And so um, never forgetting the value of that. And then I think as an administrator, um, always doing what's best for students. And that sounds like an easy answer, but you know, a group of adults is always gonna have different opinions about what's right or what's wrong or what's best. And and sometimes you have to make that tough decision and just be confident with knowing what we believe is best for them and, and being willing to have tough conversations with a student or a parent or even one of the teaching staff. And um, my nature is to sometimes avoid those situations. And I quickly learned that you need to tackle those head on Mm -hmm. in in any way, shape or form. And that's still a hard thing for me. And that's why I said, I don't really need a time machine (laughs) because I can just tell myself that now still. So (laughs) nice. I know. I feel like um, Amber did a nice job. We kind of got together and we're like, I know we kind of had, so she stole some of my answers, but but I think just to kind of piggyback, I, couldn't agree more with everything that she said. Um, but one thing I've gained, I guess, more confidence over the last year, because this is just my second year as the administrator um, in Solon. I was really lucky to follow in some some good footsteps there. But just reaching out to uh, other local administrators um, who have more experience, um, I feel like sometimes we just take so much pride in making sure we're doing everything that we need to do. And then that kind of weighs heavy when you don't really have the answers, but there's so many people um, in this profession that do want to support, you know, others. And so just kind of letting my guard down a little bit and just being confident enough to ask for help, I think has been um, something that I've really been trying to work on because there are people, like I said, who want Mm -hmm. to help and, have probably experienced what I've already been doing and you know they've either learned a lesson that they can share or they have the experience to give some insight to make that decision a little bit easier. Right. How do you reach out to those administrators? Yeah that's a, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> uh, I am probably like a big phone person. If I have a problem I'm sure I've like thought about it long and hard and if I start typing an email I know it's going to take me longer to mm-hmm. get that written down so I'm typically one who like pick up the phone just bother you um, <laughs> the gentleman yeah. who worked before me in this position um I have him on speed dial or I'll text him like oh my god you have to help me <laughs> um I'm very lucky to work 
and have a good um, relationship with Amber. So she's like, quick little phone call or drive away. Mm-hmm. And then like we had kind of mentioned before, um, our superintendent is, a great resource. is super helpful and like wants to support our efforts. And um, we also have, we know we can always yeah. go to him at nice. any time or something. And I think that's a really valuable thing that I think really keeps, it's a part of the puzzle that really keeps us where we are. So, Yeah. And that sounds good. I was one of the reasons I was asking. Also, is it can be so isolating being an educational leader, and in some places where you don't have an assistant, and then you're having to make decisions. It's at times really isolating, and and you're on your own, and you don't have a place where you can even share or brainstorm your ideas. So, I think what yeah. you're doing and reaching out to people is really powerful. And in fact, Jim and I have been putting together. Um, I'm just remembering that we've been putting together the idea of having kind of a PLC for administrators that's through video conferencing. Uh, And that's why I was curious if you guys have reached out in any way through like Zoom or something where you could actually communicate and and see each other on the screen. But it sounds like the phone's been really a great tool for you. Yeah, a lot of the stuff we, you know, have kind of been doing is more phone-based, but uh, we um, have started using Microsoft Teams quite a bit more just to not necessarily for, um, you know, reaching out for guidance or support, but just even for just collaborating and holding different meetings because there's quite a few people that we like to pull in and it's Mm -hmm. just logistically, it just doesn't always work. And so I think we're kind of heading in that direction. Uh, just not quite overly confident yet. Yeah. <laughs> learning, learning. Always. We're always learning. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your, yes, thank you. your busy day to come and hang out with us for a little bit and answer questions. And we are so impressed with the work you're doing and we're honored to have you be part of our conversation here. And um, good luck as you continue on with with all the efforts and the, you know, the relationship building and, and building students up. So Again, just kudos and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for reaching out and um, thinking of, um, you know, some of the schools that have seen some success and we appreciate you, like I said, reaching out to us. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for having us. This is is great and thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, congratulations on your award as well. Yeah, thank it was you. nice to tell our husbands, like, oh, we're going to go. <laughs> You're famous. On Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? How long are you going to be? <laughs> no, he was very supportive. So that's awesome. Sweet. All right. Well, have a